2: Rutgers Ramp, Steve Politi from NJ Advance Media joined. As always, James Cratch, Keith Sargent. Sarge, we tried to replace you last week with Brian Van uh, He was more personable than you, funnier, and had more information. Uh, and yet, we're still going to let you back on the podcast this week. I, uh, you hope you understand that, that that generosity coming from us here.
0: Hey, don't do me any favors. If I could have this half hour free, to uh, you know, every <laughs> week it would allow me to do concentrate on other things, you know, such as yeah. really nothing.
2: No such luck. Sorry. You're in. No off for you. All right. Let's get right to it. Uh, Fellas, we have a hoops basketball crisis here. Four straight losses, three straight at home. The latest, a 60 to 54 loss to number nine, Wisconsin, with what I can only describe as an abysmal offensive performance. Look, I don't know where you stand on this. I am jamming the panic button i i I think this is this is a bad trend uh you know I get it that the team believes that they played better defensively and they rebounded better in the Wisconsin loss than they had in the pre the two losses before that uh, but that said, you know, I just don't like the direction this team's headed right now, and, and uh you know I understand the schedule gets a little easier, but you're at the point now. Where you're three and five in the Big Ten, you've got 12 Big Ten games left, you're running at the, the margin of error is getting pretty small for this team. Uh, you know, if, if they lose to Penn State, they stumble in one of these next, you know, three or the next four games on the road. If they stumble against a team that they should beat, there's some big trouble here. Cratch, uh, where do you stand on the panic or not panic side of the ledger here in this, in this debate?
1: I'm actually going to be on the not panic side just because. And this is my thing, like, I have a very hard time getting too carried away game by game in college basketball because it just feels like, you know, big swings up and down. You know, this team was we were thinking about the top 10 two weeks ago, and now they've been out of the rankings for two weeks, you know. So, look, I will say it's like we're getting we are approaching the panic point. But I just think right now you have twelve Big Ten games left, you know, plus that game against Seton Hall, which I'm sure is just going to be scheduled any day now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, it's coming, guys. I'm telling That's you, it's right. it's totally Can't coming.
2: Wait. Oh yeah, they say so. The
1: no, uh-huh. which actually, uh, uh, quick aside, like I have wondered, like if they were to lose to Penn State or something, or if they continue to struggle, does Steve Peichel just literally have to grab some tomato can and put them in the middle of the week just to get their groove back? No, I I just think you still got 12 Big Ten games left. The schedule does loosen up. I know that they haven't – they've been losing at the rack, which is so foreign to us. But at the same time, every gym is like the rack this year. So maybe if they go on the road in the coming weeks, it won't be as hard for them to win there. They still have some quality wins in their hands. We saw them play so well against Iowa and be right there. So I don't think we're there yet. But, like, if they lose to Penn State, I think you were definitely in a panic mode, but I tend to think that I go back to last year where the wheels were kind of about to fall off the wagon very early on. They beat Wisconsin at home and kind of took off from there. I still think that's a moment we're having this Thursday that if they beat Penn State, they're back on track.
2: All right. Sorry to break the tie here. Are you panicking? Are you, are you, are you uh, with me? Are you with Cratch? and nothing to see here?
0: I'm with Cratch. Um, there are a couple of things that we've, we've seen with this team right now that I do not like, obviously it's the free throw shooting, the shooting in general, Shoot, um, Say
2: anything at this point.
0: Yeah. yeah um, we have seen spurts where the team, you know, isn't this bad offensively. I think they're going to improve from an offensive standpoint. Free throws, I, I'm as perplexed as everyone else. I mean, I just – I, I heard what you guys talked about last week. It just – it's been a constant theme with this club under Steve Peichel. If there's one weakness, you know, year in, year out, that's, that's it. Uh, this year, no different what I do like is defensively, that's been his bread and butter. And they, you know, defense is the one thing that, you know, if they can co- consistently play defense like they did uh, this past week against Wisconsin, uh, they're going to be okay. Uh, defense you know, generally, you know, indicates that, you know, that they're, 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 they're giving effort. Um, if they can continue playing at that level, they're going to win more games than they lose. Um, the, uh, again, the Penn state game is going to is a make or break. I mean, you, you can't understate, you know, actually just how big of a game that is.
2: Right. All right. So the, one other thing I'll say, I agree with you defensively. I also agree that they've had two consistent performers, Jakey Young, and, and Miles Johnson have been have both been excellent and, and a couple of lags here and there for Johnson especially. But most for the most part, they've been there the entire time. What worries me, though, are, are the two stars now you're looking at a situation where you got Ron Harper Jr. Looked like he was going to be a big 10 player of the year candidate. And I think teams have figured out how to defend him. I mean, I think they're taking away the three pointer. Uh, they're taking away transition opportunities for him. And, and you're just seeing that he is not, uh, you know, excelling the same way he was earlier in the season offensively. And Geo Baker has just not looked like the same player all season. You know, that could be because he's hurt, you know, obviously he missed some games early on with a high ankle sprain that could take some, take away some of your rhythm, take some where you do your confidence. But, you know, unless one of those guys uh, doesn't find their shot, doesn't, you know, start uh, taking this team over offensively, I think they're in trouble. And I think there's a chemistry thing going on too, Cratch. And look, I, we all were excited when, when they got Caleb McConnell back, you thought there was going to be more depth on this team, uh, you know, working for the freshmen. And now I wonder if, 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 if you know, they're at a point where they're playing really good with six, seven guys at at most on the court, and now you're trying to work two more guys into it. The rotation doesn't look. There's just. I think there's just a lot going on here for a team in late January.
1: No, I, I definitely think they You know, Jaden Jones is coming in, and it seems like they haven't said he's going to play this year, but they haven't really firmly put shut the door and said he's not going to play it's a free year you know you're using all these guys I, I think the one thing with, with Ron Harper is this is sort of the way he was last year he'd go score 27 points and then he'd go score 5 points like he he was inconsistent with his offensive production last year if he if he can be that this year then Rutgers has to hope okay maybe now we're in a valley and he's about to hit another peak and we can kind of take off I think you're absolutely right Geo just doesn't seem like the same guy uh, since early on the season. And look, I think one of the things we're going to talk about over the next 12 games, Steve Peichel has to kind of calm everything down. And you're right. He's got a lot of moving pieces all of a sudden. He's got to figure out how to pull, push all the right buttons, pull all the right strings, and get it together and get this team to march.
2: All right, If we're looking at, if we're looking at the good news, you mentioned March. Uh, checked out the bracketology projections today. They're still in All the prominent ones. It's I mean it's not a great spot. They were a nine seed uh, in in, uh, ESPN's bracketology with uh, tournament favored Gonzaga, waiting them in the second round. Should they get there, an eight seed uh, for CBS in a similar situation, having to obviously face the one in the second round. Uh, That's good news. But looking at the schedule now, all right. So you got to figure they need to go seven and five to get to five hundred in the league. They got number four or at number four Iowa. At number seven, Michigan, two games against number seventeen, Minnesota, still left to play. That, there's zero room to stumble. Granted, now if you look at it a little deeper, you got six games against the teams directly below them, and two against Iowa. Uh, two, sorry, two against Indiana, which are virtual tie. So there are some. There are winnable games. The schedule is easier, but there are still some. I mean, there are still some tough games in that schedule, Sarge.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, 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 again, it, it leads me back to. Um, pico talked about today he, he said that generally speaking they, they they play well in the second half when you when you talk about what was going to get get them in um i've, I've talked to a few people i've know, yeah, i've seen some of the, the the uh mock brackets as well it looks like they're going to get eight uh teams safely in, you know, from the big 10 in i think you know it, you know if, if they finish 500 in the league um i think that you know i think they'll probably be right around there so look you know, we can't under uh, overstate enough, you know, wh- wh- where if we were doing this podcast on Friday, can we do this podcast on Friday and just wait to see, you know, wh- you know, what this Penn state game. What means? fun is that but, though? Come on. No, there's no no, no fun. We got, we have to speculate. <laughs> but uh, again, I, I think if they w- beat the Penn state team, I think it cures a lot of ills. Also keep in mind, they're healthy now. I mean, right. this is the first time right. they've been able to actually play, play uh, the entire roster. So, you know, it'll be interesting to see. You know, you mentioned Peikle. He generally, you know, I I listened to today uh, with the media. Said all the right things. He did mention that you know he doesn't say. He seems like he's not panicking. You know, you asked a question at the very beginning. You know, who's panicking? He, you know, listening to him today, he's definitely not panicking.
2: Right. The fan base is off the rails, panicking, and, and some a lot of criticism being pointed at Steve Pykele, which there is. Uh, you know. <laughs> I think it's a little crazy, obviously. Uh, but there are some things I, I, I think it's fair to criticize them about uh, uh, on, on some Year levels, five, too. Right? Yeah, it, it, right, right. yeah, so uh, it's going to be an interesting dynamic to see what happens if this team does go in the, in the opposite direction, which, you know, you, you're right. We're at, we're at a point now, Cratch, where, I mean, you could see – I could see the thing going either way. Mm-hmm.
1: No, definitely. And look,
0: Steve Peigel's not
1: going yeah. to go lose Krashen. his job.
2: Of course not.
0: Of no, yeah, no course I not. Nothing, you, no. nothing that can happen no. the rest
2: of the way. No. Well, yeah. but you know, it's going to change the trajectory of the program. will like, well, some tough questions. Yes, I mean, that's so what like, is, that's what I was going to say. It, like, look, it's year
1: five. It's year five for Steve Peichel. Right, before, right at the buzzer before the pandemic hit, he got handed a big contract extension.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes, like you need at some point. He's a big boy. boy. He's a big boy, yeah. Yeah, If they they don't make the tournament this year, you know, with the roster that they have, everyone –
2: you know, It's a major disappointment.
1: It is a major disappointment. Now, I still think they're on pace to make the tournament. I think a couple weeks ago I thought they could be like a top four seed and have a chance to go to the Sweet 16 or even deeper. Right now I think, okay, make the tournament. Avoid the first four, which I I think is probably going to be like played at the Hoosiers gym, you know, down the road or
2: something. (laughs) Where's (laughs) that? I haven't thought about that. Where is that going to happen? Oh, that would be great. I, I, oh I actually gosh. spent an afternoon
1: Imagine Rutgers' first yeah. NCAA tournament game in, in 30 years, 31 years. That would be played great I-
0: West
2: West Lafayette High School. No, played in the Hoosier <laughs> gym where they it, did, 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 did yeah. the movie Hoosiers. That would well, be cool. There could, like, be, we'll there that could that be bigger games there, though. I think yeah. that, yeah, I mean, they could have some real games. With that would game. be cool. Anyway, uh,
1: yeah, so, I mean, look, yes, of course he should be criticized. I mean, he's the head coach of a Big Ten basketball program in New Jersey whose team is skidding after being almost in the top ten a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Yes, in in any walk of life, there's gonna be a little bit of criticism set toward you
2: in that yeah, situation. Right. right. And the only thing and in just uh Easily solvable the next four games again, winnable, winnable games. Penn State, Indiana, Northwestern, Michigan State again, they had never beaten Michigan State, but uh, you know, I think the bigger jinx was once when Fonseca came on the podcast and uh, declared them to be terrible, awful. Yeah. They say awful. That was a that Tom was, the,
0: was listening. There's no Tom, question, Tom absolutely. he played podcast. that, he played that, played he, that he too played too.
2: that in the locker room, yeah, without doubt. Right, that's why we had to have you back on, Sarge, that, that prediction. You just could not stand. <laughs> put the, send the rookie back to put minor leagues after that. He came out hot. He came out hot. <laughs> I love it. He, came, he came out hot, but Fired didn't turn out didn't, didn't, didn't to be accurate. Uh, all right, let's dive into true or false because I, I want to get your uh, definite opinion on what's going to happen here. Uh, you know the rules, true or false. Ready? True or false, this is bad. Penn State will knock the Scarlet Knights onto the tournament bubble on Thursday. Cratch, true or false?
1: False. Rutgers uh, wins by like fifteen to twenty on Thursday. Right. Putting the stake into the ground.
2: Sarge, true or false? Uh, false. Rutgers will win. True or false? Don't worry. Rutgers is going to win the next four games, and everything will be just fine. crash true or false?
1: True. True.
2: Four and zero. Oh. I'm calling it. All right. Sarge. Three and one. Three and one. one. That that would be. I think they'd sign for three and one at this point. True or false? Steve Peichel deserves some criticism for the recent slump. James Cratch, we talked about a little bit. True or false? True. All right, Sarge. True. True. Fair enough. I, I will.
0: True. Yeah, we'll get, we'll get, let's get back to that one uh, after yeah. that. All
2: right, true or false in football? Tyshawn Fogg's return will give Greg Schiano a top-five Big Ten defense next year. James Cratch. False. Expectations high. False for you, Sarge. True or false? False. False. All right, you're down on. I guess it probably was too high. Maybe I was wrong. All right, true or false? Chris Ash will be an NFL head coach someday. James Scratch, true or false? True. Oh, what? Uh, I'm,
1: I'm, just, the, I'm just saying to get the, the conversation. He's a conversation DB. The back coach.
0: Coach so, so. On, He's not a coordinator at, that, in
2: Jacksonville. I put that on the T for him. Oh, my, oh
0: my God. He said true.
1: Yeah, yeah you know so where I'm going, I had to discuss it. I had to make sure we got to the discussion part of this. All right.
2: True or false, Nick Soriano, Sur- Nick future Olympic gold medalist, James Cratch. True. True or false? Wow. Gold.
0: I'll gold. say he's, he's in the Olympics with gold. That's, uh,
2: yeah, that's tough.
0: False.
2: Uh, false. I could go false there.
0: I don't Sorry. want him beating, beating me up, though, You know if I do see him on campus again.
2: And finally, true or false, LeGrand coffee is great, but Eric should have called it Le Grind. <laughs> <laughs> true or false? The grind. False. False. All right. Sorry.
0: <laughs> I love the name. I, first off, the coffee. I, I my, my wife got me a, uh, both a mug and and, and, and the Guatemalan oh, yeah? uh, brew. Um, great. Phenomenal. Really, really good. I, right. I, I, I was, you know... I went in with high expectations, and, and exceeded it.
2: My, my favorite part of again. this,
0: and a mug is a quality mug.
2: While you were off, sorry, did you missed this. I got an email from from Kratch. He's like, "Hey, maybe I can talk us into a, a road trip, an enterprise story, where I go with Eric to Costa Rica to check on <laughs> to check on his coffee beans." And I think, you know, I think he was like half serious at this idea that he was going to go, <laughs> he was going to go to fly to Costa Rica with Eric Legrand, and they were going to like do, do an inventory, uh pick some coffee beans, like. Juan Valdez down there Cr- crutch tell, tell 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 me tell me you were serious about this right I, wonder- I agree. That. I w-
1: so I obviously I wrote a story on nj. dot com. A lot of people read it, I, and I interviewed Eric. And I, I tell he's he told me you know, Costa Rica, Guatemala, and Sumatra like the three places they're starting with, and they're going to add more. And I said, you know, I said once this pandemic's over, like you got to go visit these places, right? You know, and actually, you know, be there as the the beans are harvested. And Eric goes, it's funny he said that. Like I was telling my team, like we're gonna have to like go on like a not like a mission trip, but like we're gonna have to go see what's going on down there. Wow. So I was like. If you go, maybe we'll tag along. You know, Costa Rica is beautiful. That's Um, great. Another thing is too, like I guess Eric. um, It sounds like the location of Woodbridge. You're gonna, he said, told me it's gonna be finalized next couple weeks. He'll announce it. They're gonna call it the Le Grand opening.
2: Oh, see that—that's
1: yeah, good. Legram? So I, like that. I told Eric, I'm like, y- you gotta, you gotta trademark that, you know. If you, if you ever franchise, dope. he's like, you, you, he's like, I, you probably should. You're right. So
0: yeah, I, you know, I, I do know the location. I can't. I was sworn to secrecy, but it's a good location. It's is, it's in a good part of Woodbridge. Um, so you know. I guess you'll announce that at some point
1: I just think it's amazing that Eric literally came up with the idea in July had his first cup of coffee in August and it's going to launch you know hopefully you know August this August but I mean as I told Eric only Eric LeGrand could get a awesome product and coffee shop off the ground in less than
2: a year pretty amazing i mean it took us like a year and a half just to rename our stupid podcast i mean <laughs> <laughs> right? and I took, and they, he got a coffee He got a coffee business off the ground
0: i have Good trouble view, getting uh, a cup of coffee every morning, I know, say, the like yeah.
2: oh, Gosh. <laughs> all right so we wanted to get yeah, up obviously uh chris ash will be an nfl head coach someday you wanted to we wanted to jump start that conversation he is a, if, you, if you missed it folks he is the Defensive backs coach for Urban Meyer now with the Jacksonville Jaguars.
1: So, like, like if I was a betting man, I, I would bet no. But I was talking with someone at Rutgers, and I said, you know, it's, it's not ridiculous. We had a, a great—I forget his name, the person's name. I'm so sorry for that. A great subscriber question sent me, you know, asked uh, nj.com/slash so insider Rutgers text. Has there ever been a coach who was a disaster in college, but then became a successful NFL head coach? And mm. I actually looked at it and there's quite a few. I mean, Marv Levy, Lou Saban, uh, Jim. Wow, Col- yeah. yeah. Marv Levy was coach for 13 years and right. William and Mary Cal, I think another school. And he was like 30 games under 500, you right, know, like right. Jim Caldwell, Bill Walls,
2: but went the other direction, right. Bill Walsh came,
1: Bill well, Walsh had success yeah. at Stanford, you know, yeah. you know, so there have been those guys like that, you know, you know, Bill Parcells went three and eight, I think one year at air force, you know? Right. Yeah. So I thought like, look, it, Let's say Urban has major success. I mean, he, look, he's going to have a chance. He's get, he's, they, got, they got a lot of things going for them in Jacksonville. They got very patient ownership. They got a lot of cap space. They've got young talent. They're going to have Trevor Lawrence. Let's say Trevor Lawrence is Andrew Luck and he stays healthy. Well, if Urban, if they start winning and then the defensive coordinator gets hired as a head coach, a guy like Chris Ash could work his way up to being the coordinator and then all of a sudden. You know, they win a Super Bowl, and Urban's guys become the hot commodity. Yeah, You know, there's Chris – I'm saying, like, it's not completely out of the realm of possibility that 10 years from now, Chris Ash will have worked his way up. He might be a better fit in the NFL. You don't have to recruit. You don't have to deal with boosters. You don't have to, you know, pretend that you care about the 150th anniversary of college football in the NFL. (laughs) All that stuff. And then who knows? (laughs) Well, like, I, I, I Chris is a good X's and O's coach, and that's what you need to be in the NFL.
2: You need to be a motivator too. I mean, they didn't hire; they just didn't hire Robert Sala because he's a good X's and O's coach. I hired him because right. he's a he's got a you know personality that that players like you know that's not going to change right. in the NFL. Not, yeah,
0: yeah, that that'll be a drawback. You asked the wrong question, now, Paliti, uh, and I'll, I'm going to turn it back. I'm going to uh, become okay. the host and, and turn it on. To, turn the tables to you, true All or false, right. Politi. Mm-hmm. Kyle Flood will be a college
2: football head coach again. I, I'm going to go true on that. I think there's, there's the more I'll put it this way. There, it's more likely <laughs> to me that Kyle Flood will be a head coach in college football again than that Chris Ash will be an NFL head coach. If I did yeah, one, uh, one of those two things, I'm going to bet on that.
0: I would agree yep, with that. Kyle Flood uh, uh, landing in Texas with, with uh, Sark and and as the uh, co offensive as offensive coordinator. I guess so. I guess he won't be doing play calling, but he you know he's obviously going to be the offensive line coach. Had a really good year at Alabama as a national championship to his credit, and you know I I, I kind of I'm going to say false my you know to answer my own question because I still think. Uh, when when you start peeling away the layers at what he did at Rutgers, like, <laughs> there's going to be so many question marks, and it's going to be tougher in AD once you get to that level. Now it depends. I mean, you, you know, if UConn or like a Northeast program like that uh, try tries to uh, get back into it, and you know, could they? Maybe could they take the right, shot at yeah. him? Twenty-seven, twenty-four. Uh, you, uh, you, know, you you know he rehab maybe, uh, I, but I'm going to still say false. Does,
1: you does can F- spin. Go ahead,
0: Chris. Does, does
1: FCS level count for this?
0: Because here's my well, thing, I, uh, like, he very well. I yeah yeah. I think he could be a very yeah. I think he could be at SES for sure. Because here's my thing. Like but I don't my, think he's gonna want to. I don't think he yeah you know I don't. I think he'd want to get back to to you know like I said. UConn would be would, would be a place that makes sense. The one thing
1: that I found weird about Kyle's move to Texas is that look if if something goes wrong at Texas and we have a very rich track record of things going wrong in Texas <laughs> you know over the last decade or so like Kyle, like. Firing the coordinators is kind of like the go to move. And, you know, like if Sark doesn't, you know, t- take off like a rocket in two years, they're going to, you know, they're going to have to fire Kyle, you know. And then Kyle, you know, that's the thing. Like at Alabama, now look, it also could be a situation where, and I get it, like working for Nick Saban cannot be terribly easy. So maybe at some point you put in your two years and, like, okay, like let's go have a little bit easier pace of life. You know, obviously he's got a relationship with Sark from the time together with the Falcons. But at least if you're the line coach at Alabama, like you're always kind of, Ascending, You're always moving upward. But at Texas, if the offense <sighs> isn't good and you don't recruit great, you're going to take the fall. Then you're kind of knocked off that track. But, like, I just – I, agree I mean, with so Like,
0: let's coaching. be honest. Saban took – it took him less than five minutes to, to, to hire his replacement. I think it was someone he worked with uh, back in, like, 2004, 2005, a really high-quality high offensive line coach. I don't think Saban lost any sleep. And, and that's no disrespect to what Kyle no. Flood did this year. But Saban, you know, could fall out of bed and find five quality offensive line coaches. And no, he
1: did. I'm not saying that Saban lost any sleep. I guess what I'm saying is Kyle's comeback story was always going to be uh, ascending at Alabama. He, made a, a he Texas. made a good move. He got a
0: better title. You know, he, he, uh, he, he's following someone, you know, who who's, you know, it, 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 it was a good move for Kyle Flood from a – coming back perspective. You know what would be a good place for Kyle? Temple. I can see that, yeah. Temple. You
2: know, UMass. Temple, it's a Northeast like they... program. Temple, a good place for anybody? Yeah. Well,
1: but like, I, I say I say no to UMass and UConn. You can't win at either of those places. You know, and UConn might not even have a football team, you know, in a couple no, of months. No. But Temple, the Rod Carey thing is clearly not working. They've had, you know, like, you know, they became the Kansas City
0: A's for Rutgers this off season in the transfer port. Kyle Flood and Graciano competing for, for South Jersey recruits, baby. Oh, man. Wow. Can you imagine? If, uh, I'll write that yeah. one. Yeah, but
1: yeah I, I, that's one thing that popped in my mind. Like Temple School, you know, Kyle's background really isn't going to be an issue because yeah, the Philadelphia Inquirer going to throw like one fastball at them, and then the, the world's going to move on.
2: So right. I can see that. All right, well, that was interesting. Good, good discussion about former Rutgers coaches which <laughs> <laughs> fill, fill half our podcast. All right. So what else do we have to talk about here? We want you. Uh...
1: Oh, Soriano. Sur-
2: so Rihanna was good. So that was an all right. So tell me what he did that was impressive again. It was an impressive thing he did in France. Yeah. he,
1: he okay. stormed his way to the Henry he DeGlaine stormed. Grand Prix title at fifty-seven kilograms, uh, outscored his opponents eighteen to two. Wow. And look, the big thing was the 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 question about Nick's international, you know, f- freestyle has been he, as a defensive wrestler, he is. One of the best in the world, he you know you cannot score on Nick Suriano. The question has always been, can he generate enough offense against these Olympic caliber guys, both domestically and overseas, to have you know the string wins together? Because it always seemed like it would be very difficult for him to win a gold medal or to make the. the olympic team if he basically had to win every bout you know 2-2 on criteria right so he proved you know he opened it up he had offense he was physically dominant he was scoring points he's a very real contender to make the olympic team and if you know if you kind of you take that freestyle offense and add it to his defense; he's got a really good shot to be a gold medalist.
2: I just hope there is an Olympic team. It's, it's, that is still an open-ended yeah. question whether or not we're going to, you know, the the way that the way the vaccine the rollout is going so far gives me a lot of a concern about whether or not they're going to be able to pull it off in Tokyo. But that's for another <laughs> podcast entirely. All right, good transition for us going to go into football for a minute on the Tyshawn Fog news, Sarge. So I was thinking about this if you were to make a list. Like before this offseason, give me the 10 guys that Greg Schiano would most want to have back. I mean, at this point, I got to feel like he's got eight or nine of them, right? I mean, you know, that's a pretty impressive job of keeping that team together, you know, when in an era, era of college football, when mobility, people move on, people jump into the next opportunity all the time.
0: No doubt, and I think, you know, that's kind of what we talked about toward the end of the year. How many of these guys was he going to be able to to, to get to come back, and, um, you know, the secret to, to the 2021 season, folks, is going to be, um, you know, ha- ha- having those leaders and having those guys who are, you know, four-year, five-year guys who are, are already developed. I'm not saying that they'd be able to com- compete with, you know, an Ohio State or Penn State at that point, but you know, you have to keep in mind, you know, that, that they're going to have more guys back. They're going to have more experience. You know, they're, they're going to have a chance, you know, with that. Graciano's track record from his first tenure, too, you know, like the his best teams were the ones that had, you know, like they were senior laden. So, you know, his ability so far to be able to keep these guys uh, back. Now, keep in mind, you know, a lot of these other programs, uh, you know, are are, you know, are – you know, experiencing the same stuff because we're right. headed toward an NFL draft with a lot of questions of whether or not guys are going to be able to work out, whether or not there's going to be an NFL combine. We saw this past year where, where you know, where scouts weren't traveling. So, uh, you know, there's going to be just as many questions with the 2021 draft. So I think you're going to see a lot of fifth-year, sixth-year six seniors, uh, you know, during the 2021 21 season, not just at Rutgers, but, you know, at, at a, a lot of other big kind of schools still.
2: All right, Chris. So we have O3, you got Fog, you got i O'Neill, it's going through you got Bull Melton. What who are like the three or four guys right now that you're uncertain about i mean obviously we haven't heard any news about uh trey avery Avery young I mean, which which players right now out there still have not made the decision that you think are on the bubble for not coming back
1: yeah so yesterday was obviously the the deadline for underclassmen so it seems like you know pacheco young all those guys they're they're safe like those guys are coming back we're still trey avery's a guy that we're still kind of waiting on uh nick crimen um it seemed like i drew singleton will be back I, they're bringing they basically, are, with excuse me, with the exception of Crimmin and Avery, you basically have got everybody coming back. It seems like Giovanni Haskins is coming back. He's the guy who could have left. Um, so they, they've done really good at retaining, you know, the key guys. My big question is: Have they brought in an enough? Have they done enough in the transfer portal to really be able to kind of make a move this coming fall? And right now. Unless, you know, some guys really kind of exceed what I'm expecting, I'm going to say the answer is no.
2: So what what did you need to see? You need to see a quarterback specifically?
1: I think getting a quarterback would help, but my big thing is, you know, they need a tight end, which they haven't gotten. You know, offensive line, you know, know, a guy like Josh Youngblood, dynamic return guy. you, You already have a dynamic return guy, you know. I think the big, one of the big themes of, of the spring practice is going to be, can Tyquan Underwood turn him into the same type of receiving threat that Aaron Cruikshank developed into this past season? So yeah, I just, you know, offensive line, you know, Patrice Renee bring him in at cornerback. Great, you know, good move. He's a guy who was a starter at North Carolina when he's healthy. He's had some durability issues the last two seasons, but also they need safeties and They have pretty good depth at cornerback. Yeah, I just look at this team, and I think they're going to be about the same, maybe a little bit better, but that schedule is going to take a major step forward
2: right right absolutely all right hopefully we will have a fo- if we don't have the olympics hope we'll have a football schedule at least in the spring all right guys let's dive into some uh, Rutgers insider questions as always thank you for subscribing ng.com slash insider uh good time to sign up i think manahan kevin manahan has some sort of special on twitter i saw this morning what was that all about crash did you see this he's offering something
1: Yes. If you're a new subscriber to NJ.com slash, you know, insider record sports mm. insider, a new email, uh, the sports director, mm. Kevin Manahan at K Manahan at NJ and specify large or extra large, you potentially could get a free Eric Legrand role model t-shirt.
2: How about that? He's going to drop it off at your house personally from what my. I'm, I'm going to put that out there right now. Manahan's going to drive over and present it with you in a gift bag. All right. Here's the first question. What needs to change to get Geo, Ron, and Tez offensively on track? Perhaps Paul or Caleb go back into the starting lineup. Basketball question for you, obviously, uh, at, you know, when you have your three best scorers. And if I forgot to mention Montez Mathis is also in a bit of a, a slump, struggling at the same time. You know, the one thing we've learned about Steve Peichel, he's not going to be the kind of guy who is going to, you know, get into guys' faces for that sort of thing. He's going to he, – he is a player's coach. It's not going to change, not change who he is. Should he change the starting lineup? What do you think? Ethan, you think one of you guys got an opinion on that?
0: Yeah, I, I, I have always said when I looked at Gio Baker's game specifically, I know it's hard to, you know, a guy who's given so much, you know, there, there is something – you're going to want to start a guy like that. But I've always said when you look at his game like he'd be better off coming off the bench, giving energy really um i have i I, 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 you know, I, I still believe that, but again there's a, a, you know it's hard to to take him out of the starting lineup um, well, He's such a leader for this team he too is, I mean, exactly, he and so you're not going nice. to want to do that i'm just throwing it out there as far as you know i the, the question is yes i think I, I think the more tinkering he does with the starting lineup until he figures out you know, like a, you know a, a, a lineup that and when we talk about starting lineup we're talking about. You know the lineup because Pike will argue all the time. Well, it doesn't matter who starts; it's who finishes. We're talking about the four, the five guys who, who you know are going to be playing in crunch time. That that that's how I'm defining what the, what the starting lineup uh, would be. Um, so I I do think that you know until he figures out the the, the right mix, um, you know I I I think you're going to see more uh, Paul Mulcahy, though. I think you know he's a guy who's you know he's he's gotten better. Um, You know, he's been uh, pretty consistent Um, and Jacob Young and Jacob Young, you know, as whenever we see him providing energy, he needs to be on the court as well.
2: Right, right. And I think Mulcahy didn't have necessarily his best game against Wisconsin if a bunch of turnovers seemed like he was forcing an event. Uh, but Jakey Byung has been great, of course, though. Uh, uh, Mo- into-
0: Mo- 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 he has been an X factor. And, like, when when, when, yes. when, when you see, you know, some, some, sometimes stats don't really matter with that kid when, when when, he's playing at a high level. And, and you know, and you, 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 he's like an X factor type
2: kid. Yep. And I have to say, though, and it goes back to the same thing we've talked about here. And I, fans try some crazy, that Wisconsin game, they made that rally in the second half where you're like, all right, well, well, this isn't over yet. Jakey Bion gets to the free throw line of the one-on-one situation, right? Yep. Clanks off the – I think we're down by f- yep. four or five at that point. Clanks yep. it off the rim. That's it. That's, that was the end of it's
0: it. Miles Johnson, too. And, I, you know, great kid. You know, he does a lot of great things. But, like, you know, it's hard to keep him on the court in crunch time when, yeah. when you know he's going to miss uh, his free throws. I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's one of those – it's an Achilles heel that they need to figure out.
2: Big problem. All right. Next question is a football question. Uh, Did the football team have a better season than expected by many because they surprised a number of opponents, not to mention the COVID craziness this coming year. Teams will be ready for the Knights. How does the team prepare differently? Do you think that was a a big factor this season? The fact that the Scarlet Knights just surprised people.
1: So Tom Allen said something, uh, Indiana coach, I thought it was really interesting. I think it was like last week. He said that when it, they were game planning this year, Indiana. He said they kept things very vanilla on offense and on defense, but I think mostly offense because his thought process was what happens for, you know, obviously you had this shortened kind of weird training camp, lack of practice. What happens if we get to Friday and, a key starter test And all of a sudden I've got a backup in there who doesn't really know what's going on. You know, he's kind of like overwhelmed by the game plan. We got to keep it simple because we might have bodies moving in and out at the last second. I wonder if, we're going to find out that maybe while some of these big 10 teams were kind of vanilla and basic, did Rutgers kind of use a lot more of its scheme than maybe other schools did just because they needed to, you know, we saw a lot of stuff from Sean Gleason. So I think that's one thing to watch is, did we see more of the, the, did Rutgers show more of its playbook than maybe other programs did in the conference? But I think there's – look, they should be more advanced in year two in the scheme, finally having some stability in the offense with the same offensive coordinator. But I do think there is going to – there was a little bit of an element surprise. People didn't really know to expect from Rutgers that they're not going to have because there's going to be all
2: this film on them this year right right and obviously that's going to make it a little harder but from what we say i mean you know you have to even by the fourth or fifth week of the season the element was surprised was, was gone and workers was still doing better offensively than anyone expected so i think when you have a good coach like sean gleason that that's a, a big equalizer all right next question how big is the loss of k ron adams he showed some great bursts of power and speed thanks and have a good show I mean, given that position, they have a lot of depth at running back. I don't think it's a big loss. Do you, do you disagree?
1: No, I don't think it's a big loss. I mean, they Jameer Wright-Collins, they're really high on him. I think he can kind of be a big yep. bruising change of pace back. Pacheco's back. They've got to get Aaron Young more involved in the offense anyway. Um, they You know, they've got some fast guys coming in. You know, Al-Shadi Salam, Kyle Monagai, obviously the Kidu kid who uh, was – Basically, a special teams player this past season. They've got guys there. I think K. Ron Adams is a guy who wanted to be a featured back, wanted more carries, and he's definitely going to get that at
2: UMass. Right. Okay. um What do you think? What do you think, Sarge? You, you no, you, not
0: not no. not a big loss. I agree with all that. I mean, you know, I think he had you know one or two games that you know he stood out, but generally speaking, uh Crouch, you know, hit on all the the, the notes. I think. You know, I, I wouldn't be surprised also if um, you know come post spring and we can talk about other positions too, but you know, I think they could probably bolster that post spring with maybe a great transfer. Right. All
2: right. One, one last football question. It was related to Cratch's football depth chart piece, a discussion about the desperate need for the offensive line to develop would be great. Uh, you know, Greg Schiano said again and again, "Crash, this has got to be a developmental program." Clearly, he's looking for you know, based on the Temple transfer and other situations, he's he's still looking for plug and play guys. I mean, is this is this just too soon to expect him to develop uh, his own offensive lineman at this point?
1: No, I mean, I, I think the big key is going to be um, like a guy like C.J. Hansen. This is now his second year in the program. Like, how does it? You know. If, How does what does he look like? You know, they're getting to the point where you know, Reggie Sutton, Raquan O'Neal, those guys should really be coming into their own and being, you know. standout starters you know uh if they bring Kremen back i think that's a big boost they've, they've got options they definitely have options i think the big question is going to be can they kind of can those guys succeed and excel while you know shiano is bringing in his own offensive linemen and developing them because we saw the first two cycles they kind of leaned towards the defensive line which is where they felt uh, clearly they needed more help now you know we're seeing you know commit you know 2023 community like we're seeing them kind of focus more on the offensive line kind of replenish that group so look I I think they the offensive line was much better than we expected last year and they've only added guys to that so I think that could be a real kind of strong spot potentially if if those guys continue to progress. Mm
2: Right. Both sides. I mean, we're talking defensive line too. You know, again, there's another, they, other than dorm 4, they've kept, they've kept that line intact they're adding they're adding players yeah. outside to too. So uh, that is obviously was the biggest priority uh, talent wise coming in for Greg and He seems to be answering that bell. All right. That's all the questions we have this week. We had a lot of people who just texted to vent about the basketball team and I read all of them. I understand the frustration Thursday night. Hopefully, that'll be a different deal. All right, guys. What do we got? Anything else we have to talk about here? That's all I have on the on our on my some uh, news.
0: Some news. The women's basketball team. I guess uh, they they continue to be in their uh, their, their their COVID hell right now. They they just canceled um, uh, both games this week, Penn State and Iowa. So they're going to yeah. get dangerously close to uh, falling under what was it? Twelve games? To I There's a, there's a threshold. of It's games thirteen where, where they,
1: games now. A couple things. Um, my understanding is that they, they haven't obviously resumed team practice. They, they have – the there are players and coaches who have not tested positive throughout this whole thing, and they've been able to kind of have, like, small, you know, I think mass, you know, activities. So it hasn't been a complete total shutdown, but it's been pretty close to it. That being said, I, I think they still have, like, eight, 10 games maybe off the top of my head left they're five and three i believe so they only have to play five more games to hit the minimum for the ncaa tournament they should be able to do that i mean obviously you never say you know never because other teams could have COVID issues but you also think that they would probably have the ability to reschedule some of these games i think one of my big questions is going to be you know, there was a report over the weekend you know that the Big Ten might move the conference tournament from Chicago to Indianapolis. The women's tournament's already on the books to be held in Indianapolis that week. So I'm curious if they're going to run two tournaments in the same city at the same time, or they may be thinking about, Hey, we should eliminate the women's tournament and just try to reschedule games over that week. The one thing I'll say is I know, Naturally, the question is going to be. I, so I think Vanderbilt actually did it earlier today. We've seen several Power Five women's basketball teams yeah. opt out of the season uh, yeah. because of that. Um, nothing I've heard makes me think that's imminent here. The one thing to keep in mind about Rutgers, they are top twenty in the net rankings. The, the women's team. So, if they can get back on the court healthy and play, you know, play a good amount of games down the stretch, they should still have a chance to make the NCAA tournament, which obviously is the goal every year for Vivian stringer and her team. So I think that the hope is that this is the last two games they've got to postpone. They get back on the court next week and kind of can
0: go from there. It's just really sad. I mean, you know, this is a team, you know, that does have some, some talent and, and, you know, and, and some really good stories and, and, and just sad that, you know, they're, they're in this, you know, rut where, where, you know, they're obviously dealing with some, some pretty serious issues you know, of COVID. Um, uh, cases, so yeah,
1: I, I just think it goes to show you like how remarkable it is that the football team pulled yeah, off this Completely and agreed. that the men's basketball it, it's team. It's gone to wrestling. a point
0: where when when teams aren't testing positive, they're having yeah. outbreaks, where it's surprising. It's gone to that point.
1: Right. Yeah, I mean, and it, it's, it's not. I think one of the things is that you know, without knowing the specifics, this can happen when when a team does everything right. Yeah. Because once the virus kind of penetrates the wall, I mean the Big Ten loves to talk about its antigen testing protocol, and it works to extent, but it, it's not a bull, it, it's not a magic bullet, and once they're spread they're spread, and it's you know you, and I think the numbers too, with the 17 day sit out, it can really kind of knock a basketball team out, out for a long time. I mean, look at Iona, I think Iona is on like their third or fourth quarantine it's, it's just kind of kind of crazy.
0: Well, we talk about, you know, Rutgers basketball, the men's basketball, they, they, they deserve some credit because, you know, they, they've steered steer clear and there's a knock on woods situation that Steve Peichel doesn't like talking about. But, you know, they've been able to manage it. Um, you know I don't know what he's doing, you know, uh, specifically, but, you know, somehow, some way they've been able to avoid it as well.
2: And especially since they share the same building with the women. Yeah. You know, yeah, I mean, and the gymnastics team had a problem too, right? Was yeah, not, it, it, last week, third team in that building, last week, yeah.
1: the four teams in the APC <laughs> all of them had a game postponed due to coronavirus. Now, right. you know gymnastics for what it's worth they actually announced a, a read like a read a revised schedule they added maryland uh, to their competition this week to make it a try meet so the fact that they're coming out and announcing like a, a revised schedule indicates maybe they're going to be okay to compete this week you know but you know as we said before like you know rutgers is not being very transparent with any of this but it, it really this unfortunate situation for the women's basketball team the team that you know had a chance to kind of make some noise this year potentially
2: I love when Cratch still talks may. gymnastics scheduling. Don't you love
0: it? <laughs> it's
2: Sorry. tremendous. tremendous. Really. Oh, they added Maryland to the,
0: the only The only problem is that he, we we're burning the lead with it. We should have led with gymnastics, right. I think.
2: No, they'll do that next week.
1: But All hey, right. No no soccer or field hockey schedules yet. Still,
2: yeah. Okay. We'll, we'll Big keep still lacrosse. Working we got that out. yet? No? Lacrosse out? No?
1: Uh, no, but uh, so we had a, a great mailbag question Winter's about volleyball. lacrosse. Uh, this is this is a big year for men's lacrosse. You know, not now. If you are not going to make the NCAA tournament Cr- this year, then
0: Crouch, you know, get, put a little put Brian Breck on the hot seat wow. in, in his mailbag. It, about it, about readers, they, you know, should check out his most recent mailbag, you know, put a, you know, put a little Pretty pressure really? on, on Brian Breck. Brian Breck, you know, has has done some good things, you know, you know, with that program for sure. And I think, you know, by all accounts, it sounds like they have, you know, maybe his best roster today um and they've caused some bad luck as far as uh not making the nsa tournament but cratch uh you know did did put a little pressure and understandably so you talk about money and you know you know what, what what coaches make you know in comparison to to what others make you know he's at the top end uh, you know right behind uh scott goodale, uh goodale you know who's obviously you know accomplished a lot more you know when, when you think about the national championship wrestlers that that he's produced so you know, I think you know making the NCAA tournament this year. You know, if there is one for for men's lacrosse, it should not be a, you know, a, you know that's a goal that they they, they should strive for.
1: Look, I'll I'll say this: like putting you know any name aside, like there are sports at Rutgers where. <laughs> it's always going to be tough to win at. And there are sports that Rutgers really should excel at every year. Lacrosse I would argue that yourself. men's lacrosse is one of those sports. It, I just, it's incredible to me that the state university of New Jersey and in, in a lacrosse, you know, crazed state, I mean, you know, Bridgewater Raritan probably could field two high school lacrosse teams that could be in the top 10 in the state, you know? So, you know, summit, the same thing at you know, Del Barton, all these top programs, you can't, go 16 years without making the ncaa tournament just doesn't add up to me and now you've got this beautiful state-of-the-art rodkin center that you just moved into you're in the big 10 you've got this tremendous roster you got everything going for you you gotta knock the door down at some point
2: i'm sorry i was just googling the uh, gymnastics schedule you're right yeah big big news coming up soon All right. <laughs> On that note, I think I'm gonna, we should sign off for this week. Steve Politi, Keith Sargent, James Cratch will be back after the next couple of basketball games. We'll have a much better idea whether or not the three of us will be spending much of March in Indianapolis. Thanks for listening. Bye.